0: News. Okay, yeah, what's happening in the world? Henry Cavill facing an iconic villain from games in The... I'm going to presume that carries on to say Witcher. Oh, it's a classic. Henry Cavill facing an iconic villain from the games in The Witcher Season 3? Question mark. So it's that thing where... Season (laughs) 3? Yeah, well, it's just just that thing, isn't it? Well, websites like guess at a thing that might happen, phrase it as a question. Yeah. Um, it's not
1: not a lot. Uh, or well, he's Henry Cavill smashes past Tom Hardy in sudden
0: reversal in the uh, the next Bond stakes. I, I thought you were about to say in some kind of ultra marathon. Yeah. Right. It's the two of you, them just pounding across the Navajo desert in California.
1: <laughs> they do seem like they'd be friends and they do just like tough mudder together for fun, right?
0: Um Well Tom Hardy's a bit of a lad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, Tom Hardy, we Bane. Didn't he have a load of friends and they used to go on like lads' holidays in war zones? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Hello, listener, and welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock, Paper, Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, and this is our Valentine's Day special, because we're all pals, and you're our little pals listening to this, uh, and I am joined this week by
0: Seal. <laughs> my power, my pleasure, my pain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, And no one else, because sadly Matthew couldn't be here this week, so we are missing our third pal, which is sad, but Nate and I will uh, smash on relentlessly without him. Uh, I wonder who he would have been. Oh yeah, who would Matthew have... That's a mystery for the ages, we'll we'll ask him next week, Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to... We're going to still do a Valentine's Day special because this is it's going to come out on the Thursday after Valentine's Day. We're not going to do a sweeten the deal, which I'm sure will please some listeners, <laughs> uh, which is the game show we sometimes do if there's only two of us. But um, yeah, now, Nate, before we move into talking about our favorite love interests and best pals in games, you said something quite interesting to me before uh, we started recording, which is that you made a Goblin JCB. And I wish to interrogate that <laughs> a bit.
0: So, you, you, right, little callback. Do you remember a few weeks ago the situation where I bought the the comically yeah. scaled Frenchman? Um, you thought my... you
1: were buying a, a tank, and you in fact just bought three lads in a bike. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that that project is continuing, um, and as it's taking shape. I, I might might have had some intimation of this last time, but basically I'm making the world's least violent Orc army. Right. Because I've always really liked taking things that aren't meant to be Orc vehicles and turning them into Orc vehicles. There's a real deep pleasure in that. And I figured I've always liked those sort of weird tanks, like that those sort of bridge-laying ones where they're just like a big bridge sat on top of a tank that sort of unfolds. So that all the army men can cross the river. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like engineering vehicles and stuff. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to just make a load of orc? Because like, orcs still have to like get across rivers and stuff. You can't just shoot the river until it's... Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. You orcs, know. orcs
1: need... We'll be the orc equivalent of the, the royal engineers.
0: The... Just, <laughs> just like the, the spanner lads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so orcs yeah. need a
1: spanner corps. yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm sort of making. And they've got I I've had a lot of fun making like a cook truck for them. Um, which just got loads of like human legs and like chickens and stuff hanging up on chains and like a big cauldron full of sauce. Um, oh,
1: that's nice. What flavour sauce do you imagine they would Ooh, cook human
0: meat in? Probably just a very robust sort of slightly petroleum tinted gravy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I think they'd mix it up with the fuel and stuff and or their ketchup is usable as fuel, I imagine. Yeah. Oh,
1: I and this is a tangent within a tangent, but I've watched American television shows and heard Americans refer to gravy. If any Americans could get in touch and explain to me, does can you use in some, maybe not all, but is it possible in some parts of America that gravy is just used to mean any source? Because I've Ooh. heard people talk about like how the pasta in will soak up the gravy or whatever. Because that is not the case <laughs> in the, in the UK, and I find it very confusing. Thank you. Please write in contact at uh, podcast at Thanks. Cheers. Uh, continue, Nate.
0: Yeah, gravy in this country is always essentially a a beef flavored soft drink. Um, that's how yeah. I yeah. Why not? Anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, I had a bunch of bits left over this morning, like little fiddly bits, and one of them was this nice sort of square bucket shape, and I also had some tiny little, so um, like in Warhammer, you've got orcs and then goblins or grots, and then even smaller than them are these little idiots called snotlings, who are about as big as pencil erasers, uh, like the you know, the ones on the end of pencils, otherwise they'd be yeah. huge rectangular slabs. And, yeah, they're just really adorably dinky and rubbish. Uh, so I made a tiny little JCB, which is about as big as, or oh, what's a reasonably small thing? Uh, a little apricot. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just really cute. It's got a little chimney on the back with smoke coming out, and uh, which I've done with cotton wool. And there's There's one in the cab looking confused by some levers, and another one who's climbed onto the end of the boom where the bucket is and It's dawned on me that essentially I've taken an extraordinarily bleak and violent tabletop war game and found yep. an excuse to just make weirdly masculine dolls' houses ah. Oh. I'm just making these little dioramas of of gr- green men of various sizes struggling you should, to operate machines. You
1: should do yeah, do that. Just make a nice little like uh, who was someone was on? Um, Would I lie to you, Alan Titchmarsh? And he said his one of his truths was that he has a really nice doll's house that he where he he basically decorates the way he would like to decorate their house because when you're married you have to make some you know compromises about what color your sofa is and whatever and he's just got this really nice luxe doll's house it's really sweet
0: i totally get it like i spent about an hour and a half at the weekend making an orc barbecue uh i'll send you a picture of that so you can put it in the show notes it's lovely Uh, oh yeah please do yeah i've not stuck a gun on anything yet uh it's yeah, this bizarre vision of pacifist Warhammer. But there we go. Have
1: you so, been yeah, tweeting
0: God, it? I bet no, that no.
1: do two numbers.
0: <laughs> I'm basically, because I don't want to be one of those scumbos who just like tweets loads of grey plastic models. So I'm going to wait and paint oh, a load of done. them. Until you're done, okay. Yeah, and then do a sort of a, a showcase of them. Cause I think, I think it's going to be a lovely little project.
1: Oh, good. So what I'm bringing to the table to discuss pre main topic this week is, and I, it it's I was really excited when I saw it because I was like, oh, Nate will have opinions about this. So it was, Ooh. you know, when it's sort of like late at night and you don't want to sleep on the sofa, but you don't want to get up and haul ass to bed
0: because you know oh, yeah, that, between I think that's what they call a liminal state, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so it's between, you. You know that between getting up off the sofa and going into bed, it, you will lose the kind of snuggly comfort that you you have, and you will then lie in bed furious. And I was I was lying on the sofa in this liminal state, staring at the television, and I was just flicking channels. And then I, I, I think it was about two thirds of the way through, but I was like, I have to watch this. I'm not starting it from the start because clearly there's no point. But I must finish this film. It was a movie called Aquarium of the Dead.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Well>, I'm not <laughs> and- certain about this one, Chief. And the, it's a on. horror
1: film. It's a horror film by the asylum. Who uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they churn oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah.
0: They did Atlantic Rim, didn't they?
1: Terrible, terrible films. Yeah, and the Aquarium of the Dead basically is that like through some sort of weird science, I don't know. Basically, a a pathogen or a virus or whatever gets released into an aquarium, uh, and all the the animals in the aquarium become zombies. <laughs> Yikes. And so a group of plucky scientists or whatever, people that work at the aquarium, have to kind of make their way through. <laughs> and I started watching it, yeah, about two-thirds of the way through, when they just escaped a big, uh, lumbering, zombie... Uh, what's the fell The fellas with the big teeth, uh, sea lion. Type.
0: Walruses, you
1: mean? Walrus, yeah. It was a big zombie walrus. <gasps> and... Uh so they'd escaped that and then they got they got to the door the way out but the door was locked and like they were like, Oh no I, like there was a man holding a massive fire axe and he tried to open the entirely glass door and was like, Oh no.
0: <laughs> oh it's classic axe proof force.
1: Yeah. So they were like Okay, so there's, you know, we have to reset the security system. It's in the basement, but uh, that means we'll have to go through the next exhibit. And then someone else was like, well, what's the next exhibit? And this woman went with like a really kind of scared, ominous, you know, portentment, said, the shark exhibit. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, who cares? <laughs> 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 oh. They're all in tanks. Who cares? But the movie was too smart for me. Um, because what they did is they they came to it was one of those you know those bits in aquariums where it's like you're in a glass tunnel and under a big tank, yeah, and, and the sharks had smashed through the glass, so just two big undead sharks were lying like big horrible sausages in the middle of the the bit, and they had <laughs> they they rung like ten minutes out of stepping over the sharks. And then one of them grabbed a lady by the foot, you know, but they were just there. They were just lying there because the, they were like, sharks are scary, so we have to have zombie sharks in it. But how on earth are we going to make the zombie sharks a threat? They didn't like contrive a way for someone to fall into a shark tank because I assumed that would be the, the insurance costs would be too big. It's harder to shoot underwater. So they didn't want to do that. Uh, so they yeah, you just need a some... whole
0: separate filming unit if you want to do underwater stuff.
1: So they just had some some fake sharks and just splodged in the middle of the, the gangway. And then... Do you want to know
0: something absolutely wild on tangent on a tangent? So, And it's actually PC games as well. Readers, readers who are listening may not know, I did um, a bit of consultancy work for Rebellion uh, on Zombie Army 4. And it was me who came up with the idea for the zombie shark. In that game. No, <laughs> and I wanted that exact scene. I wanted this sort of pathetic scene where, because th- there's a level in a zoo, and I wanted you to be really freaking out that you'd have to do a water segment, but they weren't putting water segments in the game. And I really wanted to have just a, co- a comic thing where you turn a corner and there's just a shark that's lummoxed out and is sort of weakly <laughs> flailing around. I can't remember how they did implement it in the end. I think that they do the classic jumping out of the water and roaring thing. But uh yeah, that they're in the game <laughs> because of me, and that had been my well original done. vision.
1: Well, this was played quite seriously. And they also they did you know the version of someone gets bit and hide it from everyone? Oh uh, yeah. In this movie that was a lady just had like a zombie starfish clapped onto her tummy. <laughs> But, like,
0: and then lifted her top up, and they were like, oh no. Starfish, like, have the weakest source in terms of an eating game. You know what they do? Don't they sick up their tummy? Yeah, they just reverse their innards. Like, flopping their guts out onto something and sort of vaguely having a digest. Like, there's no way that would get through skin. (laughs) Well, it did this. And also, yeah,
1: the the one of the main characters is. This links back to video games. Um, is played by DC Douglas, who voices Wesker, Albert Wesker, in some of the old, what what's them ones? You know, we no, which the ones are these. Ask uh, oh, people are screaming. They're really famous. To, oh, there was a movie with. Minor thing in it, oh god oh,
0: uh, You mean Resident Evil? Yeah Yeah That's him isn't it? God, Matthew um, would be Tutting under his breath wouldn't I he? I know yeah. uh,
1: And also uh, Vivica A. Fox is in it uh, But she's in it Just as a security guard and she turns Up at the end with another fire axe Because there's a, just a big Vat of water in the basement That has a zombie uh, Octopus in it And the zombie octopus is menacing the last woman. And Vivica A. Fox turns up and says, deep-fried calamari, my favourite. And then just (laughs) leaps into the the octopus. Um, And it's it's sort
0: of... It's not even a squid. It can't be calamari.
1: Well, it looks like she's going to, like... Because she's holding the axe, and it's like, oh, she's going to kill the octopus. But then it comes to her just falling backwards, screaming without an axe in her hand. And I guess she just goes, eh. It's a very... Uh, anyway. What was the frying
0: part of that plan? Exactly, and no part of
1: her quiff made sense.
0: I cannot it... bear, like, off-target fish puns. People love doing fish puns, but they rarely think if there's any relevance. Like, I've done tweets about, like, my freshwater aquariums before, and people have replied with, like, oh, Thank cod you didn't, you know, do whatever. Well, and you're like, a cod is a saltwater. <laughs> yeah it's like this, this me you know that do you realize how distantly related a guppy and a cod are? It's like if you tweeted about your cat and I said like Oh, apes for the memories or something that's not even a <laughs> puppy, you know what I mean it's like yes, that is another animal that you've said the name of that's like well, just vision well anyway
1: i I first of all I wanted to ask like your opinions on a the idea of like a just an aquarium where all the fish are zombies i think you know we can take it the banging on the glass with zombie fish is probably more dangerous in a in a zombie aquarium
0: yeah one might even say it finally had a fair risk reward balance
1: yeah yeah (laughs)
0: Um uh, but also I was curious as if if there's some kind of weird
1: fish or crab that is sort of technically already dead or something like that it feels like you know or, that's interesting or, or like sleeps for
0: millions of years you know well there's some there are of course fish that can withstand being completely frozen and thaw again in the spring uh which, which is you know I think you're pretty dead if that happens so they do that I've actually—you wouldn't know this—but I love the idea of a zombie aquarium as a horror film because mm. I actually had recurring nightmares about fish tanks full of zombie fishes uh, f- for about seventeen years. I actually had to go to therapy because uh, they were really disturbing. And do you oh, know? Uh, do you know what what started them? And this this is a bit of a spooky story, so we'll call. Guess this can be our Halloween special.
1: Um,
0: I've mentioned before, back even before I. Worked at the aquarium. My first ever job was a Saturday job in a in a pet shop where I had to do in all the fish uh, that were ill because I was the Saturday boy and um, yeah. I just got the, the bad tasks. But one of the other awful jobs I got was to pry the boards off the outdoor tanks in the spring when it was time to get them stocked again and sell pond fish. And then I had to clear all the dead weed and stuff out of them, not knowing that someone had left a goldfish with an ulcer in there in the autumn and its side had, like, rotted away, but it was still swimming around. And I put my hand sort of in it because I was rummaging around in the dim, murky water, uh, and that was... uh, it was quite a traumatic time in my life anyway, but I think that just sealed the deal and yeah, cemented loads of mental fractures together into a, a, a gaping chasm that, yeah, it took me 20 years to process. So uh,
1: God, I find
0: Zombie Fish horrifying.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Nate. I didn't realise I was going to accidentally unearth because the film was so risible. Well, no, they, that's, I, I think that...
0: You know, I, it's not like think... when people eat a little bit of arsenic, isn't it, to to get no immune way, to
1: it. yeah. But also I didn't actually see really many zombie fish. I don't think they had the budget to to do a whole tank for they just had like they had the I saw the sharks, I sh- I saw the walrus, there was a crocodile. Oh uh, and uh, briefly and the octopus. And they all looked like the octopus reared up on its on its hind legs almost like a
0: horse <laughs> <laughs> Crocodiles are horribly believable as zombies as well. Have you seen there are uh, alligators in the Everglades that have had their upper jaws just biffed in half by boat propellers, but they're just fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't
0: care. They just have this like amazing underbite and just carry on. <laughs> what What would be the worst
1: animal that
0: could become a zombie? Oh. I reckon probably, do you know, actually, I think a walrus is a real nightmare. But I, well,
1: I'm thinking, though, that, like, in my life, very unlikely to come across a walrus. I think in this country, you're going to have a lot more damage done by, like, zombie
0: sheep or or zombie pigeons, you know. One animal in the British Isles that if it went undead would be a real difficulty. Yeah. I think foxes. Ooh. Because like they're always lurking around outside and there are loads of them in cities. Like way more even than people think. And like they're quite nice. I saw one
1: the other night, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a good you answer. Know? That'd be yeah. horrible. You wouldn't know, you, you wouldn't want to go outside at night, would you, in case
1: they make a horrible noise as it is.
0: Oh yeah, I hate that noise. Especially I don't when know they if, bang.
1: I don't yeah, I don't know if any listeners have ever if if nobody warns you that the sound you have heard is a fox screaming, then you'll think a
0: child is being abducted. That like Or also like imagine if Satan was watching a football game he was really into and the referee made a deeply unfair call. Imagine yeah. Satan <laughs> shouting at the telly. <laughs> That's this is having sex.
1: This is the worst Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, I love. You know, I was looking right. through my Steam library and tragically I had to get about 20 games down before I could find one that, that had any sort of semblance of... Romantic <laughs> love in it. Well, I was
1: going to say, because this is, I, I, when I was planning, you know, the topics we're going to do. So this week is, you know, it was going to be like the best love interest in games. And then I was like, but that's not really, you know, Valentine's Day isn't fun for a lot of people. So we wanted, I, I suggested we talked about like our best pals in games as well, because we're all pals. um And I assumed you would say something about, you know, like Crusader Kings or one of those ones where you can like, breed an army of, of like lumbering <laughs> children to take over the world.
0: Crusader Kings was on my list, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the only game in my top 10 uh, to feature the act of human coupling. And yeah, it's a funny thing. One of the things I really like about um, Crusader Kings 3 is the life there was a lifestyles mechanic that came in one of the dlc's for 2 and you basically choose a sort of person to be and yeah you you have like skill trees that that fill up just as you continue to exist and three goes in hard on this and one of the the skill trees is all about like intrigue and stuff and one branch of that tree is just about Becoming the ultimate shagger. <laughs> and, like, just playing a character entirely devoted to banging <laughs> is kind of amazing. Um, I, I I, did that game. I can't remember if this was... Yeah, it was Crusader Kings 3. Uh, where I was playing as an Estonian lord who cared not for the real politic of the Baltics. But he just wanted... <laughs> To, to shag every single giant woman in Europe and was just oh, making yeah, ruinous decisions, that. like absolutely tanking his economy just to send endless expensive gifts to like, you know, baffled titanesses <laughs> in Bulgaria or whatever. <laughs> it's like, why, is, why, are, why am I getting all these love poems from this guy in Estonia? is not there anything about me. Uh, do you know about the Apart medieval from- Tinder in Crusader Kings Three? Oh yeah, because it was swipe, right? Yeah, there's a really funny event chain where it like, there's this really funny flavor text that talks about your ruler having like a big stack of oil paintings that he's or her as commissioned <laughs> made of like all of the eligible sort of marrying targets in their region, and they just get them out of the cupboard. And just like scroll through them for a while, (laughs) putting some on a pile on their left and some on a pile on their right. And it like describes the pictures to you and you can choose whether to send a letter to that person. (laughs) If they've also put you on a pile of painting. Amazing. (laughs) It's a really funny event, actually.
1: I love that one. I would I would like Tinder a lot more if people had to have oil paintings commissioned of them to participate. (laughs) I feel that well, would really like raise the barrier.
0: Grandiose chest that gets delivered to your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, honestly, Actually, was- probably like Jeff Bezos probably has one of those. I know.
1: I was going to say it's probably what rich people still do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you get can- what sort of presents can you send people in Crusader
0: Kings? And- um I'm trying to think of any that the material gifts don't really stick in my mind, but. The poetry's great, because it's procedurally generated, and it's quite clever. I'm pretty sure that they've come up with a an algorithm that will put together a fairly convincing bit of mediocre love poetry, but depending <laughs> on your character's particular skills, it will balk the algorithm more and more. <laughs> so if you just have no charisma, you're just... Just send them like rambling garbage that's vaguely insulting and disturbing, um, and it's really good. You get to read the poems, of course. So,
1: Excellent. yeah, I, I,
0: I'm assuming it does that. Either that, or it's just quite variable in its results. But
1: I had a, a boyfriend in university who used to write write poems to me. Were they good? No, <laughs> but it was it was a terrible relationship anyway. I've, if you're listening to this, mate, sorry. <laughs> but... But also, Roman Polanski is still a hack. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's fun because I like one of the things about romances in games is that a lot of the time it's very uh, like give gift, uh, receive relationship coins. You well, know, yeah. Like and...
0: in Saji Valley, they're like they're like gacha machines, aren't they? Where you just hope yeah. if you deliver enough cakes, they'll marry you.
1: Shells like there's that there's that weird uh i think it's a tweet or like a post about stardew valley where it's like you know the stranger on the beach is is fishing he's been fishing for 32 hours he gives you a shell you like him (laughs) (laughs) um like a kind of like a a stardew valley gothic uh, (laughs) kind of situation um because all my favourite ones are like that, and it's where you're, you know, like it's basically bioware games, um, yeah. Where where th- you will do something, and then people will approve or disapprove based on that, and it's you can just tell everyone whatever they want to hear, basically, and be like, yes, I agree with you, and then they'll be like, yes, let's have sex. <laughs> but the one that obviously I have to mention, especially, is uh, Solus for Dragon Age Inquisition he's the egg he's the 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 elf egg boy who's voiced by uh, I can't remember his name I think it might be Stephen who was uh, also known for being in Torchwood and he's uh, spoilers for Dragon Age Inquisition but he is the the secret bad guy basically so there's the bad guy through the whole campaign that you're waging a war against and then it turns out that actually it was all because of Solas and Solas is secretly an ancient elven god and uh, who accidentally fell asleep for millennia and then woke up and found that the elves are all you know mistreated and and he's just trying to put everything back the way it was, which would mean basically genocide. And, but you can romance him. He will only romance you if you're a female elf because he's kind of a dick. But he wasn't initially going to be a romance. And he's, I, I've, his romance is really interesting and cool because he's an awful character. He's a terrible person. It's one of those romances where like, if, it, it's one of those things where if you explain it to someone else, they go, Ugh. it's like that meme of those two lads on Gogglebox. <laughs> one one of them says, we all like a bad boy, don't we? And the other one says, yeah, not a terrorist though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting. There's loads of cool stuff about um, how his romance is written. Like, and I bring this up quite a lot. A lot of his lines are written in the same meter as Hallelujah, the, huh. the song Hallelujah. Um, yeah. And then you can respond, and if your response is the one that he'll like, you match that meter as
0: well. Um, oh, that's quite clever. Th- yeah, it's the, cool. Other than the meter, does it like resemble the lyrics of the song to give you a clue, or is that just how they how they, they they sort of no. thought about it internally
1: no it's just how the writer um i think it's Patrick Weeks uh just how they um kind of because there a lot of the bioware writers have like songs that they listen to for different characters because if you're writing a bunch of different characters one of the ways that some some writers kind of stop all the characters sounding like themselves is to have different things that they listen to to get into the mindset of different characters i do that. i have a
0: Spotify playlist for every character all right it's great fun there you together. go
1: yeah and so one of the songs for solace was hallelujah but he's awful he's a terrible terrible person in real life i would find him insufferable but i romanced him because i thought i'd be able to become like the queen of the elves but he just leaves you and cuts your arm off so I don't, I don't. is he physically an egg like dizzy Oh yeah, like his his head is is large. He's like his head looks like an inverted egg, because he's got quite a pointed chin, and then like a quite a big
0: domed bald head. Oh, so okay. He's, so he's not like encased in a calcium shell. No, no, his no, <laughs> no. Oh right, yeah. Because I thought that would make yeah, I and mean, that'd be an interesting physical relationship. But
1: actually, it's it a good question.
0: Be. Like in, I I think it's always really good in fantasy where. They sort of hang a lampshade on the bizarre nature of, like, you know, couplings between wildly different species and sort of play it for laughs. Like in uh, Divinity, probably my single favorite bit of writing in the game is if you choose to romance Fane, who's the skeleton, and there's one choice you can just choose to give him this incredibly desolate hand Shandy in the, the bowels of a boat, and he's a skeleton. And it doesn't describe what happens, but it's just like afterwards you sort of look at each other awkwardly and silently resolve never to speak of this again. Just <laughs> someone trying to but f*** he- off a skeleton. But he's
1: uh, a
0: skeleton. I know. It's great. Do, do they do anything similar in Dragon Age, where that you know they, they sort of just point out yeah. the... The practicalities, or imply them rather.
1: No, because you don't. Some of the characters you don't have sex with, so you don't have it off with solace actually. And I think the writer said that you can you can think of him like solace as as being asexual, and you can view that as an asexual relationship if you wanted to. Um, but there are others where, so the Iron Bull, who's Freddie Prince Jr., there's the comedy scene where like you've just had it off with him, and then everyone sort of bursts in not re- into your room, not realizing he's there, and mm-hmm. he's just lying naked on the bed, and they're all sort of like, oh my goodness, and sort of shielding their eyes and being like, I can't look away. And they don't show his like willy, that. do they? No. Although that I don't know if it's true. I can't remember, but there was some rumor that like someone, one of the they, like one of the artists was told. No, you need to make the iron balls, Willy. Like, w- can you start doing some concept drawings for it? Like, we ne- <laughs> need—that's like a joke. Which um, means
0: presumably the the files are out there somewhere. Maybe,
1: but they ah. they do mention in Mass Effect, in Mass Effect Two, Morden Solus, who's the the doctor, will like be like, I'm sending you some pamphlets about the best positions to have for humans to have sex with Turians and things like that. Depending on which which alien you romance, he'll like give you different scientific advice, basically. And,
0: and you know, like the blood is corrosive to your skin. So, like, oh bless him! Is that because kind of he's stuff. being genuinely good-hearted, or is he a bit too interested?
1: No, it's the first one. Yeah, because because um, oh. Solarians are, uh, or well, Morden especially is a little bit like uh, what's his face from Guardians of the Galaxy, like. Just kind of quite direct, and uh, like, Mr.
0: Sincere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink, <laughs> drink the Destroyer.
1: Yeah, um, but Mass Effect has some good ones as well. It's just Bioware stuff. But it is. It is. It is always just like put put in a coin. Like the the romances in Bioware games are essentially a vending machine. <laughs>
0: are there other models you can think of for for doing romance? Because I think something so like subjective and so complex that it's seemingly random as like attraction just feels like it'd be really hard to model with anything other than pure chance or as you say like the vending machine model
1: yeah well i i really like boyfriend dungeon um Mm. i think it yeah it's weird because i think it does the relationship aspect in a very realistic way even though it also has like almost a vending machine-ish model with it, but it's ev- every character you can have a relationship with and you can have friendship or romance with them, basically. Um, yeah. But all the characters in it turn into weapons that you then use in a dungeon and your relationship with them sort of levels up the more you use them as a weapon. So in a way, like the more time you spend with them, the more you get to like them and also the the heart of the game is very much about like consent and explicit consent and and stuff and i don't know it just it ends up being very interesting and very like there are all these See, interesting dynamics like because there are some characters that i liked as
0: weapons but i didn't like them as people you know? i'd really love to know how that you know whole ethos came together because a like, lot you saying that makes me think of a very specific feeling I get in like generally the the sort of early late game of something like a squad based tactics thing or or an RPG where I suddenly get this pang of sorrow that there's like a particular squaddy who seemed quite cool or a particular weapon that seemed a real laugh, but I just yeah. never really took it out on missions, and it sort of languished. And I was like, oh, we could have had such fun. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, the shotgun with a plus three to dodging was was just that much more, <laughs> more practical, and I just, yeah. I, I wonder <laughs> if that's the sort of feeling that Boyfriend Dungeon came from, or part yeah, of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, it's interesting though.
1: I thought it was really good in, in how it how it did it. But a lot of other people kind of uh were uncomfortable with the idea of, you know, being in a transactional relationship. But that's how all relationships were in games. And actually I think it that Boyfriend Dungeon, because it was about consent and because it kind of handled it in a different way, I think it ended up being very realistic in how you sort of felt about the characters.
0: It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I really, it it's Like, mechanically, not the kind of game I tend to go for, but I really want to play it just (laughs) for, well, for everything you just neatly described.
1: In a spirit of inquiry, yeah. Well, what else? Because you did, you opened this by saying that you couldn't fight you you had to go
0: quite deep into your library to find stuff. Um, Yeah. So there was a couple I wanted to mention one was Avend and Juno in Banner Saga. I forget, have you played those, Alice?
1: No, because it's not the sort of game, it, like the vibes I like, but the mechanics I don't.
0: So Yeah, the, the vibes are intense, and these two are pure vibes. Uh, they are, okay, so Banner Saga is a cross between a sort of a very light sort of caravan management game not like a caravan like British holiday season, but like a long train of trudging people. And a a, a turn-based tactics game. It's in a, this brilliant, sort of faintly Nordic, but surprisingly non-derivative fantasy world, which is knackered, and the sun's stopped moving because of bad magic. And you're like, these caravan of bedraggled humans and the last surviving giants just blundering around trying to find safety or redemption or, you know, Hey, it's, it, it's heavy. Um, <laughs> and it's all very, very, very somber. Uh, yeah. and there are these two characters in it who I absolutely love. Uh, there's this the magicians in that are very rare and they're called menders. Uh, the, there's a guy called Avend who shows up and he's a great character because he seems really fragile and nervous But as things go on and he sort of gets more into his power, there's a really frightening sort of childlike anger underneath it. Um, And he's a really good example of, you know, someone who seems really nice, but they're just timid. And in actual fact, he's really quite a dark character. Um, But he's got, he's introduced as the apprentice of this older lady wizard called Juno. And they've got a really interesting thing going on because it's clearly started as a professional relationship, but it's clearly not now. Yeah. Um, But it's difficult as well because she's seeing this change in him. And he's not, like, young. He's, like, in his 30s, I think. Uh Uh, They both look absolutely knackered uh, because everything does. And she sort of loves him and has a professional duty of care, but also recognises he might be turning into a monster. And then, spoilers, it turns out he's actually extremely ancient and was like the most Uh. powerful wizard and went absolutely berserko. So she eternal sunshined him. Oh my God. uh, (laughs) Basically, and he's remembering who he used to be. Really Uh. cool. I mean, real... Complicated dynamics going on there,
1: yeah, I love eternal sunshining stuff in in video games because it sort of goes back to like like the the stuff you see in Soma and like uh, and uh frictional games games where like if you can't remember what your past self did and now your current self is having to deal with it, is it like if basically if you get memory wiped, are you responsible for the stuff oh, it- that
0: your past self did? It is such a narrative get-out-of-jail-free card, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. I do loads of Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> <It's>, you know, <laughs> very handy stuff. I was also going to give a shout-in on the pals side. I thinking, yeah, let's Hades. do pals. Yeah. Hades is a horny game full of characters who are banging or desperately envisioned to be banging by fans. But I thought, you know what? There are some cracking friendships in that game. Yeah. Uh so I thought the skeleton in the training yard in particular who I only realized recently was voiced by the same man as Zagreus, which oh, is one really? of uh. Yeah. And also uh Charon, the boat the boat dude who never says anything but has a real personality. Yeah. But most of all Sisyphus, um the man condemned to ever push a boulder up a hill and then have it roll down. Because the relationship between him and Zagreus is just like emblematic of everything I like about that game. It's quite gentle and very human and it's Zagreus being like weirdly class awkward.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like like that his rock has a face as well. That was my favourite thing about it. The rock's charming, isn't it? Yeah. And I yeah (laughs) it's just really good and Um, it's,
0: it's lovely as well because again something i love about hades is it's actually being very very smart and riffing on the whole you know we must imagine sisyphus as happy thing but rather than like just boasting that it's referencing loads of philosophy it's just engaging and interesting you know while while referencing that, if that's a thing you know. Which is how I like games to do highbrow. Yeah. I think it's really nice.
1: Yeah. Everyone knows the more you try to give the impression that you are smart and clever and funny, the more off-putting you are. You shouldn't want people to think you're clever. (laughs) This is it, yeah.
0: And Hades is just, well, it's just, yeah, very understatedly smart, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my pal choice would
1: be. This is going back to Mass Effect again, but I, my best mate in the whole world is Garrus, my absolute best mate. Um, <laughs> and I don't. It's a controversial take because he is beloved by the the fandom as a love interest. Uh, but why would you want? to He's your best mate. He's your absolute best mate.
0: He's uh, that's a I, very wholesome approach to Garrus.
1: You know, I don't understand why. You know because it, it never goes like hooking up with your absolute best mate it's never going to go super well in my opinion i'm not saying that y- your partner does not eventually become your best mate i'm saying starting from the other way around that's a risky that's a risky click it's a risky proposition yeah, at,
0: <laughs> at the very best it's the danger zone isn't it yeah so but garris is my absolute best mate uh, i'd like to and know also, from you, what days out would you like to do with garris
1: So, the one they do in the game is they go shooting, but I wouldn't really want to do that. I think I'd just like to, just... like, going around a zoo or an aquarium would be good, I think.
0: Or, what do you think he would make of, like, London Zoo?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think he'd be interested, you know. What do you think his favorite animal would be? Oh, one of the big cats, I think.
0: Like a tiger. You reckon it'd be a sucker for the tigers?
1: Yeah. Charismatic megafauna, or <laughs> I reckon maybe like because he likes you know engineering stuff, so maybe like the science museum.
0: What, so he could go around the space gallery and he could just laugh at rubbish all yeah. the rockets are?
1: Yeah, and like show him the difference engine. You know, I think he'd be into okay, that. Yeah, that's. And what would you have for lunch? I don't know. I don't know what Turians because they've obviously got a different gastro and, and intestinal system to us so I don't know we'd have to probably go to a specialist place. they're evolved from like,
0: predators aren't they
1: yeah so maybe like sushi <laughs>
0: like I don't know oh Is yeah no I could see him tucking into some oh yeah maybe some maybe a nice ramen place Yeah. oh yeah he seems like a noodle boy
1: yeah they've got little mouths as well so
0: it'd be quite good for slurping a noodle up <laughs> 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 maybe he'd like the anteater at London so It's like, I feel a sense of commonality with this yeah. man where, where would you go with Sisyphus? Would you take Hades with you? I'd want to go on a boys day out yeah. to a war zone No, yeah. um, <laughs> it's like Zagreus, Sisyphus Charon and the skeleton if I can take yeah. them all as like a you know, an entourage we would go to Alton Towers in the middle of the week in off season, uh, and we'd get one of the comedy like pirate themed hotel rooms and just like pack everyone in there in sleeping bags basically. i get up early and go on Nemesis again and again and again. Uh, and it would be funny because the skeleton's head would probably fall off. Um, that, yeah. And like, that would be great. <laughs> the whole thing would be just a little bit. A little bit too pro leaf as Agrius, but he'd really get into liking it. And, um, uh, Char- Charon would just be like, just wolfing down candy floss. I reckon uh, be a good day. And Sisyphus would have a, a lovely time because, you know, when the roller coasters were getting to the top of the big inclines, he'd probably get really stressed thinking it was about to slide backwards again, but it wouldn't. It would go over and it would be a moment yeah. of relief for him. Um although The Rock would probably completely f the balance the whole thing and they'd all get their legs binned on the smiler.
1: Or oh, do they have to- Yeah. I didn't think about the Rock.
0: Yeah, well you can't not take him along. So
1: No, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe oh, he oh, can well. hang
0: out with Dwayne the Rock Johnson on a separate play date. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Just two rocks together. A uh, lovely
1: story. Uh right, well we've got to I've got a very quick cavern of lies for you, I think. I've done. Oh,
0: really? A solo cavern?
1: I've got a solo cavern, but I don't know. But we haven't got... I guess I'll have to try and do the door creak myself.
0: Are you ready? I'm ready. <coughs> the cavern of lies.
1: righty. so this is... Uh, I guess the cavern looks like a little uh, uh, boutique kind of bougie gift shop. Um, and at Ooh. the back, there's a little shelf uh, that has Valentine's Day special on the top. And it's it's got a few gifts there. And these are all gifts from the Dragon Age series that you can give to companions. Uh, okay. As the aforementioned vending machine. This is the coin you put in to get out the chocolate bar, right? So if you yeah. give one of them these presents, then they will uh, like you a lot more. So...
0: Are they like the finishing move gifts then?
1: No, it's it's more like you reach it. Basically, when you reach a threshold of a character liking you enough, uh, I think it's like plus 20 something, then the romance thing will will tick over. Gotcha, uh, okay. But uh, but these will will result in like a plus, a big plus. It did change a bit of the series. So most of these are from Dragon Age Origins. Um, in Dragon Age... Uh, two, their gifts were kind of quest-specific, sort of like loyalty missions. Um, And then in Dragon Age Inquisition, you it was mainly just what you did and what you said to them would affect their their stuff, but you could still sort of give them a gift to initiate a kind of key event in your relationship. Okie dokie. So one of these is not real.
0: Uh, how so many are there?
1: F- there are five. So one of these fives. It's a fake. Oh yikes! I want uh, to buy
0: the fake one. Then makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: Okay. So the first one is it's a silver kind of goblet, and uh, the the little piece of card next to it says the joining chalice, and this is uh still encrusted with some old dried demonic blood, but this is the the chalice that the player character drinks out of at the start of Dragon Age Origins to join the the Grey Warden order and become a sort of mighty demon slayer mm-hmm. uh and it's a DLC only uh but it's for Alistair who is one of the he's like the last Grey Warden basically apart from you at that point and uh, and you find it amongst the ruins of uh your old encampment in the DLC and he's very pleased
0: to have this bloody cup back <laughs> So it would be a bit like if the headquarters of an old company you worked at got knocked down and you tracked down your old boss and yeah. just gave them a chipped Sports Direct mug from the wreckage. Yes. Okay. But the chipped right.
1: Sports Direct mug is still full of old coffee.
0: Right. St- yeah, resid- like residue. Devil, yeah. devil killing coffee. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. The second, this is from Dragon Age 2. It's a big gr- great sword got quite a long, uh, it doesn't look very well balanced, I've got to say, it's got quite a long what's the word, hilt. Um, yeah. But this is uh, the Blade of Mercy. It's actually a replica of the Blade of Mercy. Uh, the real Blade of Mercy was used to slay Andraste, who's the kind of, uh, sort of sort of like the equivalent of a Virgin Mary, I guess, in the Dragon Age universe. She was set on fire for being a heretic. And then once she started burning, the guy who ordered her to be set on fire was like, oh, no, and instantly converted to her religion and then killed her to put her out of her misery with the sword of mercy. Um, Oh, okay, Crikey. Yeah. And uh, replicas of the blade became kind of a fashionable thing in, in one of the countries. And this you can give to Fenris who is a very intense uh, elf who tears people's hearts out. But he might not want the sword. It's a, It depends on what else you've done in the game.
0: Interesting. Okay. So yeah, and it's if, like a, a more ninja copy of yeah. the sword that killed the saint, but in a nice way. Right. Yes. Okay.
1: And if he accepts it, he, he, he can use it as a weapon. If he doesn't, someone else, I think you can just, it's just a regular sword. <laughs> what else have we got? Oh, uh, so this uh Dragon Age Origins again, the first one. This is uh Garbold's Black Black Country Reserve, which is for Ogrin, who's a dwarf and he likes booze, basically. That's his his gifts tend to go in that direction. It's I'm not entirely sure what kind of booze this is, but apparently Garbold only brewed for a bit, uh for a few years, and then he was killed when the vapours in his beard spontaneously exploded f- from Four.
0: presumably this this booze, Garfield's black pudding surprise. Okay, yeah, gotcha. <laughs>
1: um, all right, I've got a uh, dirty pair of underpants. No, this is, this is from Dragon Age Two. This is found by your dog, uh, and it's it's a it, a lost pair of pants that uh, the the rogue character. Aveline talks about having lost on on kind of a big adventure when she she stole a locket and she was running through the, the beach area. There were like three areas in in uh, Dragon Age 2, but she was running through there and she um, fell through a bush and lost her pants and she said they were her lucky pants. So basically, you...
0: What a rancid gift though. Dog-chewed discarded underwear. Well, look, Christ. I... <laughs>
1: I'm assuming Evelyn's you give them like, back to
0: her rather than one of the other party members with a really yes, grim yeah.
1: fetish. They are they are for Evelyn and she's really pleased to have them back. So her lucky pants, so she feels like, you know, she can be a, a good rogue again. Okay, uh, well I
0: hope she gives them a wash.
1: Well, one would hope, yeah. Uh, and then finally, from Dragon Age Inquisition, there is shaving something rude into your pubic hair, which is a gift for Sarah. Uh, who's kind of a wacky, zany elf character who likes pulling pranks and stuff, and to sort of prove that you're like up for a laugh and also into her, she, uh, she, you, you kind of make this gesture of shaving a non-specifically rude shape into your pubes and then showing okay. her. She's like, right
0: on. <laughs> hmm. Right, so we've got the Cup Adjoining, we've got the Sword of Mercy, we've got uh, Garfield's Old Peculiar, we've yeah. got uh, the Old Pants, and then we've got um, the Rude Pubes. Oh, I think it's Garbled. And Interesting. all I'm going with here is, and again, my Warhammer sense is tingling because Ogren's, I think, are a copyrighted thing in Warhammer – so it would be odd for them to. When did that game come out? Ooh, I want to say
1: maybe like 20. Where, oh, no. 2009, maybe? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, Ogrins have been around for years and years. They would have known. How's it spelled?
1: O G H R E N.
0: Oh, okay. Different spell. It's about yeah.
1: My only lead. <laughs> <laughs> burnt up
0: like a cigarette.
1: Um, this is this is a tough one for you because if Matthew had been here, he maybe would know more about the Dragon Ages. So I've got a bit of a I've got a bit of a lead
0: on you. Yeah, I'm in with the lemurs here, as they say. Ah, um, oh, but did uh, I mean the problem is I don't know how Zany Dragon Age gets because the, like the Dwarven Beard Vapor thing. Feels sort of a bit Discworld, you know, a bit sort of... I I think yeah. Fantasy and Dragon Age took itself a bit more seriously than that. It um, does,
1: and it does. It depends, I think. Like, it likes to think it's a bit zany
0: sometimes, I would say. Okay, no surprise. Zombie okay, Walrus dives out of left field... No! ...and, <laughs> and eats the used pants. Uh, because... I totally got, you know, that was believable, but I just, I have a tingling that tells me that's just a little too, there's, there's just a smattering of the Beckfordian about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and presumably if,
1: what happens to the walrus if it's eaten a real one? It, it gets captured by Umbrella Corp soldiers.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's correct, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well thank god the zombie waris unlives to fight another day because yeah you're absolutely right. I I made up the old pants. And <laughs> I did it. You did it. Yeah. And also what happened was I was reading my list of five and I realized I'd accidentally just on autopilot written down five real ones from the fan <laughs> wiki. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I, that was absolutely by the seat of my ah uh, ha, ha pants. Nice. I, I, I just, like, fear clutched at my heart like a, like a
0: zombie starfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very, very well done. Like I said, the, uh, possibly the only problem is it was too straightforward. It made too pants. much sense. I oh, no, so, much yeah. appreciate
1: it. But uh, quickly, let's get out of the shop before the walrus does any more damage.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of worried about it.
1: Thank you, listener, uh, for joining us today as we talked about our favourite favorite, favorite uh, romances and our, and our absolute best mates in video games as well. Um, all that is left now is to recommend something because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, do you need to I, I'm not used to going first I was about to say Matthew what are you recommending this week
0: I shall I shall leap into the breach <laughs> go on um, then so another YouTube recommendation for me I'm going to recommend a specific video but also the channel more generally it's when I watched last night a half hour sort of documentary thing uh, about fake martial arts um, by a YouTube person called Don't laugh. Super eye patch wolf. Um, Ooh, (laughs) and they—they're very, very smart. Good editor. Really nice Irish accent. uh, Well into like sort of the way that internet turns pop culture staples odd. Also very into wrestling, Uh, and they just do these really good in-depth but not stretching out too much examinations of, of things like that. They did a really good one on like the memification of Garfield uh, as well, that I thought was genuinely like intellectually pretty great. Um, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of wrestling ones I think you'd like as well. Yeah, Super Patch Wolf, and in particular, I forget the exact name of the video, but it's, I, it's on fake martial arts, uh, which are – have you seen that video of Steven Seagal? Like supposedly fighting an arena full of people in real life at a demonstration, and he's sort of just touching them very lightly, and they're sort of hurtling over limbs. Yeah, Yeah, it's about that sort of thing, and like you know the the nineteen eighties American dojos with guys claiming they could teach you no touch KOs and things. Amazing. And the really interesting story of the Beijing radio DJ and amateur MMA enthusiast who set out to fight loads of like masters of fake martial arts, or as he considers <laughs> them in China, and is in massive trouble with the government. Um, no way! It's, yeah, because like the Chinese government started a big thing to like promote chinese national identity among the youth by like making tai chi and things really really cool and they started making all these but basically propaganda films showing like yeah because tai chi is not a fighting martial art like at its core but they were making videos of like tai chi masters like throwing eight assailants off them with a single flex (laughs) uh and yeah this radio dj was like oh this is this is really silly i'm going to challenge all these people to fights. And yeah, the government are basically trying to like, destroy his social credit score, but he keeps oh getting trains to fights with these people. He's a bit <laughs> of a lord. Um, yeah, great, great documentary. Really enjoyed it. And I'm not oh, even cool. a martial artsman. Um, I'm going to recommend a, a sort
1: of YouTube documentary as well. Um, there's a channel that I've been sort of watching a bit of at the moment called Defunct Land. Um, oh yeah, which is is about dis- Disney stuff specific to do with the parks and how the parks work and stuff um and one of the videos i watched recently is about the queue system and the fast pass system and basically how the different sort of queuing systems they've used over the years at disneyland and how they've changed and stuff and how it affects people's behavior in the park and it's really interesting
0: and yeah i've seen that one it's fascinating yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. double recommend there
1: like super super interesting um, and there's all this stuff that I didn't know about it sort of feels a bit like when developers say like oh yeah actually you know the the game is designed that you think you've done an amazing thing but it's sort of fudging it a bit for you it's all this stuff about how like Disney would f- sort of predict queue numbers and wait times and stuff and, and the way it would make you move around the parks really really interesting um, so uh, yeah that's my recommendation is defunct land all those things will be linked in the show notes, as well as a link to our Discord, where you can hang out and talk about games and podcasts and uh, lots of other things. Really nice little, little group of pals. Um, so, yeah, do join us there. Uh, you can search for Rock Paper Shotgun on social media. Uh, just look for Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter or YouTube and you will find us there and uh, you can as I mentioned earlier get in touch with us at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com Henry Cavill if you're listening uh, please please do get in touch everyone else remember to tell Henry Cavill to, to, to get in touch and start listening to the podcast we are a Henry Cavill fan site uh, but remember for all your video uh, for all your pc gaming needs go to www.rockpapershotgun.com uh, but for now it's Goodbye from me, Alice Bell, and it's goodbye from Seal. (laughs) Baby!
0: Thank you, Seal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Happy Valentine's.